Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Werman. Today we're going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl that happened um, over the weekend and uh, discuss our bets and the finale of our betting contest. Uh, Mike, the Super Bowl is a big spectacle as a whole. All yeah. new advertisements, big halftime show in the game itself. Did it? Did it did the game and all the events around it live up to what you expected from the night? Well, I would say the game did, for sure. The commercials were funny, some of them, but most of them were just kind of trotting out celebrity after celebrity. Yeah. Um, I was really underwhelmed by the halftime show. I really? didn't I didn't think it was... I. I you know, Rihanna, in front of she was pregnant, but that's all the all that anybody was interested in. Was she pregnant? Because she looks like, you know, she sort of half-assed yeah. all the dancing and like yeah. didn't do anything. Like the, the show would have been just as much spectacle without her as it was with her. Like she added nothing because she was sort of like half-assed the lip syncing, and like they could have just played her tracks and yeah. had a picture of her up there, and it would have <laughs> been just the same. So like I wasn't like people were. I don't. It seemed like she, her. Like show was pretty popular, but I, it's like there weren't any like guest people. Like it, I guess it, I guess it was like coming down from a like a high platform, but like it wasn't anything that Rihanna did at all. Like she yeah. was strapped to this thing and it came down, and then yeah. she sort of like did the half you know, halfway version of the dancing that everybody else was doing, and she like adjusted her makeup and like it was yeah. I I was I I I thought that it was. Pretty underwhelming. There was an article. Did you read the article on the Ringer that mm. said that uh, Rihanna uh, quiet quit her halftime? Oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like that. Like, but it seems like I'm really like I was like, I, I, maybe I'm just. It's just not my demographic. But like, it wasn't like, you know, I, I expected like her to like do some like, you know, dancing or have some sort of personality. But Rihanna doesn't really have a personality. She's just kind of like this stone faced kind of like cold kind of person at least in my opinion i don't know she's not like i don't know there's not a lot of personality to her like i don't know it's just i just it's just not it, it's like maybe she's regal or something like that that people enjoy but like i i, I find it cold and uh um, yeah. and not terribly uh captivating for me but yeah they played like her her big hits and and uh you got to hear them anyway and there was that the big visuals of of like the the platforms moving around and stuff it was was pretty impressive at least anyway right the yeah feat, it, the feat of of having actually you know doing all of that um you know during a football game is kind of impressive yeah it, it's one of those things like it's just it's like the Olympic opening ceremonies yeah it's like okay that's sort of impressive they don't, but they don't tear that all they don't set it up and then tear it down yeah like in the midst of a game that happens on that same field though that's i guess that's true but it's also but it's also something that you admire the person who put it together as much or yeah. more than the per people who are in it and we're supposed to admire rihanna for being in it as if that's what she came up with and like you know she doesn't write her own songs she doesn't play her own instruments she didn't even do her own dancing and she didn't do the architectural designs like what are we cheering her for yeah. like like, okay, I mean, it is. It's all in an entire industry built around her, though, in some way, though, right? I mean, whether she came yes. up with it herself or she she probably paid for it because they don't I, they don't get a big stipend for those those events. Like they, they get yeah, some I, money I, for it, but I think they it, the actual artists end up putting like a great deal of money 
into it because they don't they don't even get paid for it. I don't believe so. It's a lot of publicity, I guess. But I I, I like yeah. even some of the other like halftime shows that I've been on recently that I haven't really like. I don't care about the halftime show at all usually, unless yeah. it's like maybe maybe it's like a you know like when you know Rolling Stones or U two were in it or something like that or um. But like yeah, I don't. I just I just didn't have a. Uh, I, I wasn't wowed in the way that a lot of people were wowed by yeah. that. But I'm not the target audience because I didn't. I, I watched the I watched the Super Bowl for the game. I don't watch it for the commercials in the yeah. uh, non-game stuff. So, um, but it seems like very, you were a little very, you were a little very bit more high impressed. standard. That's you were a little more impressed by the halftime show than I was. I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, apparently more more than even that wouldn't take a whole lot. It doesn't sound like so. Yeah, it was just like else. They wore puffy outfits that were kind of shiny and. Yeah. It had a, I don't know. It was, I like. I guess the choreography was fine, but like I would have been more impressed had Rihanna actually done some of that choreography herself, or danced at all. Like rather than just kind of stand around while other people do it and lip sync to songs that I could that were already pre-recorded. And <laughs> it's like okay, that's fair. It's, and like it's snippets of the stuff that you can hear on the radio already. Yeah, I guess if you really wanted to just listen to the music, you should just listen to the music and. Yeah, having it done there isn't really that meaningful. But I guess that's what, maybe that's what the concerts are like. They're spectacles like that, I suppose. Right. But like, I, usually they have like guest people that do kind of something that had this element of surprise. But there wasn't any of that. It was just like yeah, there weren't yeah, there weren't any guests. A, yeah. a massive, a massive like nameless, faceless <laughs> dancers. That right. Yeah. It it was it left it left it left me uh, unmoved. I guess. So how how about the game itself then? The game Not itself a, okay with the with the you were just sort of all right with the commercials halftime show yeah. not so much the game itself. Chiefs struggled in the first half, had a nearly perfect second half. Mm-hmm. How did how did the game sit with you then? The game was closer in a way that I like it it went in a way that I didn't think it was quite going to go. Mm-hmm. I thought if um the chiefs were going to score a lot of points it was going to be a lot of mahomes throwing for lots of yards and that's not really what happened although maybe you, you could say it could have happened but the chiefs just never had the ball in the first half uh that um you know they were they scored 14 points but only but one of those was a defensive touchdown and there was a missed field goal i think um it was wrong to go for the field goal at all, even if they had made it, it was still wrong to go for it because of the um, Eagles yeah. going for every third down, you know, going for every fourth down, basically, and you know, just holding on to the ball. And it, and I, I, I was surprised that we'll, we'll talk about this more. But the Hertz was such an effective passer. I think they mm-hmm. challenged him to be a passer, and he completed a lot of passes, some long passes um, that he. Uh, you know, to Devontae Smith and one to AJ Brown for a touchdown that I was, I was, um, yeah, not expecting. I, I had thought, I thought that the Chiefs could maybe, if they held the running game in check, they would also be able to hold the passing game in check because it would have been predictable that the, that the Eagles mm. passed it. But that's not really what, what happened. Um, were you surprised about how the Eagles, uh, were able to move the ball and being able to, I guess, hold on to the ball so easily? Yeah. Well, I think. Maybe the thing that may have been more surprising was the Hertz fumble was wasn't really caused by anything obvious, at least anyway. 
Um, you know, had that not happened, that would have been a much more difficult game to overcome. You know what, how things were, how things were going, at least anyway. Um, yeah, because it was fourteen was... to seven Eagles at that point, and mm-hmm. they probably would have driven down the field at least got the field goal. And but I guess maybe you could say, well, the Chiefs might have had the ball back and maybe able to get an offensive touchdown or something. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was surprising. Uh, and then like yeah, that, that fumble really, it didn't seem like it was even going to matter the way the Eagles were moving the ball though. Like, it, mm-hmm. but it was it turned out to be very important points uh, scored in the first half to keep the game somewhat close. I, did, were you surprised that the Chiefs um, decided? to kick off to the Eagles rather than taking the ball themselves. They always like to defer and get the ball at the end, but the Eagles are like the notoriously kind of front-running team, and mm-hmm. that's what they did the whole game. They were ahead, and they were able to just hold on to the ball. Would you have Would you have kicked off if you were Andy Reid, or would you have received? Yeah, I, I think they tend to just kind of play – they play the game they want to play, and they don't care who their opponent is. I think, is, I think yeah, if, if they – if they, I think if they you know, strategically went at teams based on their opponent, they probably probably should receive in that case, just to make sure they can't get out to a lead, and and uh, you know, you know, put things in motion at least anyway, so they could be trying to like run downhill the whole game instead of you know having to fight back. So, but it's that's always been the Chiefs in Andy Reid's like mentality is if you win the kick, if you win the toss receive in the second half they they seem like they, that's always what they want to do no matter who they're playing yeah, yeah. i don't think idea, i don't think it's right in this in this case but it, yeah i guess the idea was you would get you would get the ball in back-to-back positions potentially mm. that, didn't, that didn't end up working out but i guess it did work out in the fact that the chiefs were able to get the ball first at least in the second half to cut the mm. lead down to three very quickly mm. and that really changed things once it was back to within three i thought the um it's, it felt like the, it felt like the Chiefs were kind of out of it, especially after Mahomes got hurt towards the end, like or re-aggravated that injury. Yeah, um, yeah he didn't know. look very good popping up from that uh, from that hit towards the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah. what were you thinking about that? Were you, were you thinking he was gonna? Were you think you gonna see a Henny appearance, or do you think did you think he was uh, Mahomes was just gonna go back in? So I think I think if they got the ball back before the end of the half. That we would have seen Henny, but because they got the heads, like once once they made it to like um you know keep the you know have Billy keep possession through the end of the first half, that meant that Mahomes was going to have enough time to get treatment, maybe another shot, maybe some other kind of treatment, at least retape everything. So, um, I, I assumed he would be back unless there was you yeah. know an actual like his foot was no longer attached to his leg anymore scenario, right? Yeah. Like he was going to be back out. I think think that long halftime helped as well. So I guess maybe I was uh, poo-pooing the Rihanna performance, but her uh, lengthy, if lackluster, uh, showing was something that allowed (laughs) Mahomes' ankle to be uh, taped up enough or re-taped up enough or whatever, you know, maybe a little bit more recovery time uh, than he otherwise uh, would have had, you know, it was a full half. But like, yeah, you know, how much the Chiefs had the ball like seven minutes maybe in the first half total. Yeah, I was, was just looking at the the numbers. Was, the other they had like a three minute twenty two second drive, three minute twelve seconds for the first touchdown, 
Yeah, for two minutes and 22 seconds, missed the field goal. And they only had a minute and a half on the um, punt and a, a minute later, so, which also was a punt. So, yeah, touchdown, missed field goal, punt, punt, where there are four possessions of the first maybe eight, Maybe eight minutes total, the 22-ish. Five. Yeah, about eight minutes. Yeah. So like almost, almost like maybe like th- you know thirty percent possession time, seventy uh, percent for the Eagles, and then it, it did ch- it did it came out I think out to be about even maybe in the second half, but still it was the Eagles holding on to the ball, and a lot of that Chiefs second half time of possession was just at the end when they weren't even trying to make yards, they were just trying to grind down the clock with kneel downs and McKinnon mm. slide to avoid. Um, scoring. I'm one of those people who think, I guess that's a good play, but you also don't want to turn down automatic points. Right. Like, because Bucker had missed knowing a field how goal. It, knowing how it ended, it was the right or yeah. unacceptable play, right? Because partly the way the grass was, because everybody was slipping. You saw Jake Elliott fall down on a kickoff. You saw Bucker miss that field goal. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, because the, I, I have no idea why the field has to be painted all that much. Like, I maybe small logos where the kickoffs are. But like, yeah. those, those logos were giant for 57. They were bigger than the NFL logo in the middle. Yeah. It was like, can't they just like, project those onto the field for the TV? Like, it doesn't, they don't actually have to be on the field, right? I mean, what does it, what does it I, matter? I, I don't know who they're advertising for. Like, yeah, we know it's the Super Bowl and we're watching the Super Bowl. There's nothing yeah. that like needs to be said, or like they could put it on the side, or like they could put it on the sides, like the, um, like underneath like the on, tarps that they stand on, stuff like that, or like on basketball courts where it's like they'll have the smaller logos, but like on one side of, like on like one side of the court. Uh, like, like not like in the middle, like not like in the middle above, you know, like below, you know, like, you know, it's so like they could have been on the thirty-five yard line, but there could have been one like near the sideline or the other, uh, you know, near the other side. So, like, it could have been like diagonally uh, represented rather than just like three big like blobs in the middle. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to be where the field was maybe in the worst shape. But we could talk about the field a little bit. That was terrible surface to play on it looked like yeah. what why why do you think it was so bad and why why can't the nfl have a better field for uh, the super bowl i don't i mean i don't know why they don't just i mean they, they project the first down markers on the screen it's like seamlessly like you don't see people's like feet disappear into the line stuff like that mm-hmm. why do they not just do all the advertising in that same manner but you know. yeah, but it wasn't like even advertising for like a company. It was advertising for yeah. Super Bowl Fifty Seven, which we're the already game watching. It's like, right? But I mean, if if it's just projected on, you can do yeah. whatever you want with them. I mean, you can project every square inch of the whole field, and it doesn't affect the game play. Like the surface itself would be yeah. unaffected because it's not actually doing it. It's not on the yeah. surface. It's not real. It's just a virtual yeah. advertisement. So, yeah. but then they could I, change the ads whatever they wanted. It's just for t- TV anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't want that either. I would. I would rather just have smaller, more tasteful logos. If they have to add, if add extra ones, and don't necessarily put those right smack in the middle where everybody yeah. is playing all the time. You don't need to have them between the hash marks. Yeah. You could have them on the outsides. 
Well, the only thing that the only thing you really want to make sure is that the advertising itself doesn't physically affect gameplay, and it and it did in this case, right? There were lots of players that slipped or had to yeah. run over because of the playing conditions of the surface itself, and that, yeah. and that was due to the advertising. It seemingly. It was, it was everywhere on the field, though, really. They were yeah. slipping, but maybe slightly more on the ads. But, like, it was just a bad, like, it's one of those systems where, like, they have, like, they grow the grass on, like, this tray system that they pull yeah. in and out. And that just makes it bad. Like, I think it's, I think they need to maybe have the Super Bowl where there's a permanent grass surface. Like, you know, I guess maybe you can't have that in Arizona simply because. It's, like 130 degrees in the summer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, like you know that would if it had been played in Miami or someplace, that wouldn't have happened because the, the it would have been a, a grass that had been like grown into the actual earth that they you know or Tampa or or like yeah rather than having it on this like surface that they wheel in and roll out that just seems like a disaster waiting to happen and yeah. um it, it the the grass was really bad. Uh, for the Chiefs in Arizona, the first game they played, that's what McDuff- McDuffie got hurt, Bucker mm-hmm. got hurt on the grass, and I was... Tyler Murray spent a lot of the season injury with injuries mm-hmm. also. I don't, know. I don't know if that was like due to that surface there, too. I'm not sure. But yeah, they said that they had grown it just for the game. Like It was like a super... They were really impressed by it, but it was, it was a terrible um, field that... Yeah, it looked like it was like you, know, like you could just see like divots coming up every time that people ran or made a cut, and it didn't seem like the Chiefs. It seemed like the, the Eagles maybe adjusted a little better because they said the little the Eagles changed their cleats at least to longer ones. Yeah, uh, where none of the Chiefs ended up changing, but I don't know if that helped or not. But I was uh, the field the the condition of the field was I think the worst part of the Super Bowl. Um. Did you, what, what was that? What was the worst aspect of the Super Bowl, in, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, anytime the the field itself becomes a part of the game in a negative way, that's that can't can't be a good scenario. I was going to ask you, what did you think of the officiating in the game? Yeah, that's what that's, that's what some people thought was was not so great. Um, the the the, the controversial hall call i guess was the was the defensive holding call towards the end which essentially allowed the chiefs to run most of the clock Mm -hmm. out and it looked like a kind of iffy call but they really they showed more of it early like it was a pretty big jersey grab when they showed um like on the on the replay when they're showing the replay um greg olson uh, was complaining about, it, but he was complaining about this this kind of maybe secondary later hold that could have been called that was maybe more ticky tack. But the one before that was like he grabbed his jersey and he was trying to get away, and, and yeah. uh, Bradbury did, and um, and Bradbury admitted later that he says, "Well, yeah, I, I I grabbed his jersey. I was hoping I wouldn't get called, and it got called." So even yeah. and, and like Sirianni wasn't terribly upset about it either. Like it was it was seemed like it was an obvious call, but like. I think just it's the people that you know because the Chiefs benefited from another penalty in the previous round, yeah. which was another, which was I'd say was another obvious penalty call. Um, yeah, I think the rough, I think the pushing out of bounds is probably more obvious and egregious yeah. than the the hold. But I think both of them were still. Um, I was. I don't think. I think the Chiefs on the whole, though, probably did not get the benefit of the doubt on officiating mistakes or errors because I think. Both of the like sideline catches that 
one that Goddard made and the one that Smith got that actually got overturned. Both of those could have been overturned, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the, the, inter, the almost, you know, Bolton almost had two return touchdowns. Uh, and, you know, that could have almost been, you know, that was called an, a reception catch, on the field. Catching a fumble or yeah. an incomplete pass. Yeah. Yeah. I think they made the right call on that one. Just not, 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 not philosophically for me. They made the right, but yeah. they made the, but they made the right call, like given how that that, that is usually called. Um, yeah, the Chiefs have had some calls like that um, benefit them too. Like when Kelsey was it against Jacksonville or against maybe it was it was, it was towards the end of the season he lost the ball a little bit like that where he just barely caught it. Um, I guess in, in in the Jacksonville game, I guess the Chiefs did uh, get a fumble when it was a little bit like that Hurts fumble where the guy was just, um, you remember the guy who was kind of going in towards the end zone and just dropped the ball uh, after he caught the pass from Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. And and then this Jalen Hurts fumble that he just, he just I think, lost it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was worried that Bolton was coming after him. He wanted to switch hands so he wouldn't fumble it. And then he fumbled yeah. it because he didn't want to fumble it. Well, he kind of kicked it away from himself and into all of the all of the offensive players that were like somewhat nearby. Yeah, yeah, it was it's really a, unfortunate. It was very player. similar to that Mahomes losing the ball in the Cincinnati game, where he just was trying to throw it and just like dropped it, and then he couldn't fall on it because um, his leg was hurt. So like you know, Cincinnati yeah. just landed on it, and and um, you know, fortunately for the Chiefs, they didn't just ret- you know, uh, Cincinnati didn't didn't just return for a touchdown, but. Yeah. Were um yeah, so what did you think of the officiating? Yeah, I mean I think the the holding call I don't like seeing calls like that, you know, happen at all if you don't have to, but I mean because it's it's a it's a thing like where the you know the officials are having more to do with the outcome of the game than than in general I want to see. I want to see the game be, you know, won and lost by the players in the field having they not have you know the officials making that many decisions that have such a big effect on the game like the catch fumble return touchdown i mean they actually took points off the board that the chiefs you know had when they called you know from what they called on the field itself which i guess you know in itself is a a play that the officials called too initially but you know then they changed their minds and and uh you know reverse the call it's just I just think the officiating in general has too much control over the outcome of the game for my for my liking for for a sport in general. Yeah, I, I guess you could say well, at least when on the touchdown that wasn't a t- ended up not being a touchdown, at least they let them play through it. Yeah, and, like they didn't just blow it dead quickly and then like nullify a chance. That mm. so they, they seem to do that more than they used to. They used to be much more quick to blow whistles on borderline calls rather than let the borderline call play through and then realize, well, we have we can always back it. Up. We can always go back and check the replay if they let it play. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at least and, at least they've graduated to that level, but it's still it, they're still making decisions that have such a big outcome. A big, you know, effect on the game, the game's outcome itself. I was surprised. I was surprised there were so few flags actually, uh, given the history of Carl Sheffers with uh, the sure. Chiefs. I guess it's a different, you know, it's not Sheffers' normal crew that works with them. It's an, it's a, yeah, um, an assembled uh, crew. But it seemed like there weren't that many penalties called on either team. Mm-hmm. I, I think there could have been a lot of false starts called on the Eagles uh, because they always leave early. Like on those on the quarterback sneaks, like it seems like half the line is moving ahead before the 
ball is snapped or Lane Johnson is moving back before the ball is snapped. And those, and those seem to be called a lot less this year than previous years. And I'm not sure why I'm, I'm, I guess I also am a little bit irked by the, uh, the, the rugby play that, uh, the Eagles always run on from third and one, fourth and one. And it seems like it defeats yeah. the purpose of football. And it's just, it's just like pushing a pile and like basically Hertz can't be down ever. Cause he's just on top of people and there's yeah. no way to judge him down unless you blow the whistle and everybody's just pushing him ahead and well, just like crowd surfing. And one of those things that they, um, you know, just change the rule to make that even possible. You're not, you weren't really supposed to be able to push the player mm-hmm. that has the ball forward. Yeah, they they would. Yeah, they can. And yeah, I think I think they should go back and not allow because you can, you can't have a defensive player push a defensive player into anybody or things like that. I don't think right in the same way. So like they've made. A, I I would say that I don't, maybe that's going to be reviewed because the Eagles seem to yeah. benefit from that so much. And a lot of the Hertz, a lot of Hertz's like stats came from those uh, plays that, you know, he, it was just, you know, running those third and one, fourth and one. And you kind of wish that maybe Mahomes could do that, but the, the Chiefs didn't because Mahomes dislocated his kneecap on a quarterback sneak three so years ago. <laughs> but that's not, the Chiefs never try that anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's so. Those are just plays that are just out of the playbook now. They don't, they're not even, they don't even and, yeah. care. I don't think. Yeah, and that's why the Chiefs have been so bad on third and one because there's no danger of really a, a sneak. They, they, you know, they. I think on fourth and one they're pretty okay, but like on third and one they don't ever seem to get it, and then they punt a lot. So like it's, yeah, it's um, that that that's maybe the weakness in the Chiefs' offense right now. Um, were you surprised at all about how well how well the Chiefs handled or the Eagles defense or how poorly perhaps the Eagles defense played in the second half? They were supposed to be, uh, you know, a very strong unit with with you know set, with you know really pressuring the quarterback and sacking the quarterback mm-hmm. more than any team had in you know almost forty years. I think a lot of that is like the, you know, the quality of the opponents they played over the course of the season, you know, somewhat artificially making their defense look better than it was because they weren't really facing that, like the big time quarterbacks for most of the season. I think the two games they really played like top tier quarterbacks, um, they gave up a lot of points. It was 33 points to um, Green Bay, who wasn't playing well at the time, and 40 points to Dallas, Dak Prescott. Uh, and now 38 points in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs those are really the three best quarterbacks I think they faced the entire season and and uh, you know those those quarterbacks were able to find lots of um, you know ways to get yards and score and score uh, against against the Eagles Um, but I mean for the most part you know the Eagles offensive line was really strong through the game there were two sacks on the chiefs side yeah both of them were, were just both kind of yeah chasing out of bounds two yard like, losses or something right. by i don't think they were uh, actual tackles i think they were the nearest player as hurts went out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage so yeah but hurts didn't spend a lot of time you know getting hit except on 
you know run plays or finishing the run is it was that was that a product of the field conditions that maybe pass rush was uh kind of minimized it was like maybe you could say that you we talked about the game that the Bengals played in Buffalo the snowy Bills. game where their offensive line which was really um kind of patchwork and you know not terribly good uh held up against Buffalo in uh in Buffalo but then against the Chiefs uh they allowed all sorts of pressures and sacks um mm. you know maybe that was what happened partially do you think or it did seem like the game plans for both teams were not having either quarterback hold the ball for very long uh, in the pocket, at least. I know with Mahomes possibly re-aggravating an injury, trying to avoid re-aggravating an injury, um, you know, they didn't want him to stand back there too long and and risk getting hit, especially, uh, you know, anything around the lower half. Uh, so, and it seemed like, yeah, Hertz was getting rid of the ball pretty quickly most of the times um, that he would drop back. That he wasn't that he that wasn't a designed run play at least anyway, um. So I think I think a lot of it may have just been game plan, more than anything else. But uh, yeah, because nobody really was standing around long enough to, you know, get a blindside hit or something like that, right? The, yeah. the Chiefs were mostly rushing four players. Not there weren't a whole lot of blitzes. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of blitzes either. There were a few, uh, but not a whole lot. Yeah. They did a, I think they did a little, yeah, it seemed like the Eagles were always rushing four too. They mm-hmm. um, weren't blitzing very much. I, I think the Eagles like to rush five usually, because uh, but they, they only rushed four because I think Mahomes would have picked apart uh, only six people mm-hmm. back there, even more than he did uh, having, you know, seven guys back there. But it was a, yeah, it was an interesting game where I was, I thought it might be high scoring, but it was high scoring in a way I didn't quite expect. Um, But yeah, maybe that'll um, uh, we can we can. You want to talk about our bets a little bit and how those figured out? So uh, we this was a our Super Bowl betting extravaganza spectacular uh, involved us betting uh, one one thousand imaginary dollars on uh, the game. Most of the bets were our traditional kind of $100 bets, $700 uh, worth seven bets each on um, some of the bigger, uh, you know, I guess a bigger bettable items, uh, uh, including our usual uh, spread and over under. And um, the game ended up being uh, one and a half points. The Eagles were favored by one and a half and the Chiefs won. Uh, 38 35 so the one by three so uh, we and we end up both betting on the uh chiefs and so we both got those any any what do you, what were you worried that well, were you worried the chiefs were going to win uh <laughs> i think at the half i was a little worried especially knowing seeing Mahomes uh not looking so hot uh you know coming off the sideline in the their last possession but uh it's always, it always seems like the Chiefs are always in the game no matter what happens. So I wasn't super worried about it. I mean, it was definitely a nerve-wracking second half to to watch it as a fan of the team that's playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, from the betting perspective, though, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that they would still win, but you never know. Yeah, I was more relieved than anything when they won. Yeah. But uh, I was, 
Yeah, I didn't. I thought the Chiefs would score points, but I, I, I guess I just didn't expect the Eagles to play. Um, play that much, at least as anyway. well, and score as many. I thought I had. Yeah, I, I thought the Chiefs would win, but yeah, I thought like 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 unlike you, I did think it was going to be a fairly high scoring game, so I bet the over fifty mm-hmm. and a half, and you ended up going under, so I got that one. Uh, what what do you think tipped it to the over rather than the under? What was what 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 was different about the game uh, than you expected? I think a lot of it was yeah, uh, Philly's success um, on offense most of the time, right? I mean they they like, the Chiefs kind of looked more like their old selves, like from a few years ago, like scoring relatively quickly, and then you know the other, the opposing team playing a possession game, trying to just grind and grind and grind and hold the ball and make sure the chiefs don't have the ball so they can't score really fast so they must they must have been nervous about their defense defensive ability to stop the chiefs and 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 you know they want to just make sure to have the ball as much as they can um so that's yeah i think that's kind of how it ended up playing out but i didn't i didn't expect philly to have that much success getting into the end zone i thought maybe the chiefs would get some stops for some more punts or at least mm-hmm. more fourth down plays. Yeah. To have the option to punt or try to go for it. Cause I think Philly goes for a lot of fourth downs in general. We didn't mm-hmm. really have that many opportunities to go for fourth downs. Yeah. They didn't need to, they got every third, basically most of the third downs they, they converted with their quarterback sneak. They had a lot of third and shorts. Um, the one time they had the uh, third and one, they had that false start penalty and mm-hmm. the back of the third and six. And then that's when Hertz fumbled it because they couldn't just run up the middle. They had to do something a little more creative. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, I was surprised about that. It's also, I was also a little surprised that Philadelphia had all the big plays, all the mm-hmm. long, like other maybe than that first touchdown pass to Kelsey, which is maybe 25 yards or something like that. It seemed like every big play was the Eagles, at least long distance was they had two long cat long passes one to aj brown in the end zone one to Devonte smith almost nearly to the end zone yeah and then he just kind of fell out of the fell out of bounds and then like almost you know on the sidelines and kind of big third downs that were like third mm-hmm. and 15 but they got 19 or something like that so i was um a little i was a little surprised about about that i thought i wasn't um, so the, yeah, it was it was higher scoring than I thought it would be, even though I thought it would be um, over uh, fifty. Were you surprised that the two longest plays that the Chiefs had were rushing plays, not passing plays? Pacheco had a twenty-four yard run. Patrick Mahomes had the long twenty-six yard run late in the fourth quarter. Mm. Those were those are the two longest plays that the Chiefs had. That's that's yeah. Pretty, I guess I, I was thinking one of the one of the passes to Kelsey. Oh, was it only a twenty? It was only a twenty-two yard pass. I was thinking it was yeah. Uh, it was I'm a not beautiful. Su- ca- it was a beautiful catch, though. Too. The yeah, catch it was a wonderful throw. Right. It was a yeah, over the I shoulder was, grab. Yeah, on the on the run. Yeah, that was it was it was perfect. Yeah, I was surprised. I guess about that. I I wasn't surprised that Pacheco had a long a longish run, and I guess I you I'm not surprised in the abstract that Mahomes had a a pretty good scramble, but yeah, I would have guessed that Mahomes would have have had a, you know. 35 yard pass to somebody or or something like that. I guess they, you know, the Chiefs did have that long punt return from mm-hmm. Darius Tony that was uh, the longest play of anybody. It was 65 
yards. It was the longest True. punt return apparently in Super Bowl history. No. Were you surprised that that was the longest punt return in the Super Bowl? I am surprised by that. I I assumed that somebody would have run one back for a touchdown from longer than that. Yeah, it's like that's a thing that happens sometimes, and that does seem surprising. Yeah, so sixty-five yard return. Yeah, I would have guessed like in um, uh, there would have been like an early. This was in the early days. Like, would have been a lot of punt return touchdowns. Apparently, there are historically ten kickoff return touchdowns. Hmm. In the Super Bowl history, hmm. so but but that was, there have been no punt return touchdowns. So ten kickoff returns and zero punt return touchdowns. Hmm. I'm a little surprised there have been that many. Yeah, there have been that many kick returns, but no. Oh, so that's kick returns. There've only been 57 Super Bowls, and there have been 10 kick return touchdowns. So that's one every six games. That's pretty remarkable. That's um, it's almost like having Dante Hall or something back there. Uh, kick return. Yeah. Last kickoff return touchdown was Percy Harvin for the Seahawks against Denver in that in that blowout that the Seahawks had against the Broncos, 43 to 8 or whatever it was uh, mm. nine years ago. And Jacoby Jones had one for Baltimore, Devin Hester for Chicago. And then there were two, apparently. I had forgotten about this completely in the Giants Baltimore game. Really? Because uh, one and the Baltimore Ravens had one and the Giants had one. I think that might have been the only touchdown the Giants scored that day. It was like 30 to 7 or something in that game. Uh, but the um there's a tailoff return touchdown and yeah it goes it goes back. But yeah. Um all of them have been since 1983. So there there was none before 1983. Um, hmm. So all of them were in that window? From 83 through 14. So in 31 yeah. years, 31 years there have been there were 10. Wow. And so one, one every three games during that era. So yeah, it's been yeah, it's been it's been almost 10 years. And then it was all then it was about 15, it was about six, 17 years before that. Uh wow. so it's it's, it's interesting, yeah. That is interesting. But yeah, I, de- I definitely didn't think that the uh, game was going to go that far over. That was seventy-three points was the was the total points for the game. We had fifty and a half was the uh, over/under number. That's well, well over. Yeah. What? What do? You, what is the? Do you know the? Do you know the highest scoring Super Bowl ever? Don't know. The highest scoring Super Bowl ever was one of the, one of the Brady Bowls. Um. Uh, was no, it was not, but it it was very close actually. Uh, yeah. So this is the third highest scoring Super Bowl with seventy three points total. Um, the second highest was the Eagles over the Patriots, with Nick Foles and and Tom Brady Brady threw over five hundred yards that game. It was forty one to thirty three. Um, wow. The first highest scoring Super Bowl, however, was a total of seventy five points. And it involved only, only two more points, though, huh? Yeah, the score is 49 26. It involved an AFC West team. Do you know which Super Bowl that was? No, I don't know. It, it, well, maybe I'll say give you this hint it involved an NFC West and an AFC West 
This was in high school oh, okay. uh, in 1995. The 49ers won 49-26 to 26 over the Chargers. Oh. I don't know if you remember that's the Super Bowl. That was the uh, Steve Young Super Bowl. That was the only Super Bowl that Steve Young won as a starting quarterback. For the okay. Uh, Montana had won four. Young won that one. I'd forgotten that the Chargers were in a Super Bowl then, so that's what... Yeah, that was... Um... Yeah, it was Super Bowl twenty nine. Who, who was the QB for? Yeah, I was going to ask you who was the quarterback for the Chargers. Any guesses? I can't think who it would be. I'm going to guess Stan Humphreys. I haven't seen yet. I'm looking it up right now. That's my guess. Is it Stan Humphreys? Yes, it was Stan Humphreys. Okay. Uh, He was the quarterback then. Steve Young. uh, And Steve Young threw for 325 yards and I think a Super Bowl record of six touchdown passes and no interceptions that game. Uh, Not bad. Yeah, 134.8 quarterback rating, slightly higher than Mahomes' 131 uh, rating in this game. So he hadn't even – Mahomes finished with 131.8, uh, and Young was uh, 134.8. Well, that, that is a really high rating for the for Mahomes. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah. But yeah, only, only 182 yards passing, though. Yeah, Young also ran for 49 yards in that game. Yeah, Ricky Waters had a touchdown run for the uh, 49ers to get their other points. That was also a game featuring which current member of the Chiefs coaching staff as a member of the Chargers? Really? Oh, as a member of the themselves. Is yeah. that the enemy then? It is Eric the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Eric the enemy had one carry for three yards and caught one pass for 33 yards. Wow. Uh Natron Means was the uh remember him was I the was, yeah. was the lead back yeah. in that game. Uh oh uh which future Chiefs quarterback was the third quarterback for the 49ers? Oh. Oh Let's see. Would it have been like Gannon, maybe, or that would have been no, it was before Gannon, right? Right era. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, let's go. Elvis Gerback. Oh, Gerback. Gerback. Yes. That was that was he was the last of the three. Well, he was the third in the four of the four major 49ers quarterbacks that have come over. So we had Montana, Steve Bono, right? Elvis Gerback, and then Alex Smith. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big game. Yeah, Jerry Rice had 10 receptions, 149 yards, three touchdowns. Ricky Waters had a huge game, 47 yards with a rushing touchdown, 61 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Um, yeah, it was a big game uh, for the – that was when Deion Sanders was on the 49ers. Yeah. He had an interception in that game. 
he won uh super yeah he only played for the 49ers that one year and then he went to Dallas yeah I think that was that his only Super Bowl win probably no he won he won the third he won the next let's see Um, yeah, I think that might have been his own Super Bowl win because he didn't win with the Cowboys. He joined the Cowboys right after they after won all of their three. three. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I was, I was, like, you know, we talked about this. I was surprised looking at Troy Aikman's stats, how mediocre they were. Yeah. Compared to a lot of other quarterbacks. From the same era. Yeah, because he was hyped up. He was always thought to be a very good quarterback, but he wasn't, you know, he just played on a very good team, it seems like. Right. Well, he had a good, really good running back, too. To, to yeah, Michael Irvin and the great offensive line, like yeah. Allen and Nate Newton and yes. all those guys. Jay Larry Allen, our, our, um, our high school English teacher, Larry Allen, right? Larry Allen, exactly the same player. And then his son, Jared Allen, uh, also <laughs> a fine yes. NFL player, yes. Hall of Famer. Did, was Jared Allen? Did he make the Hall of Fame? Um, is he is he still uh, he's still in like so. the finalist? I think kind he's of voting, still, right? I think I think he's still on the finalist list. Yeah, he didn't make it this year, so yeah. Yeah. Um, did you see who was in the, who who made the Hall of Fame this year? I did see the list. It was only one one former chief for one season. Yeah, Adrell Adre- Adre- Revis, right? Yes. That's right. And I guess you could also say Zach Thomas, I believe, was an off-season pickup for the Chiefs, but he retired before. Like, he was a – after he left the Dolphins, I think he was in the training camp for the Chiefs. Yeah. And – For retirement instead of – Yeah. I was – Whatever the outcome was, would have been. Yeah. So it was Rondé Barver uh, for the uh, Buccaneer or Buccaneers – uh, defensive back, uh, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, offensive lineman, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware from the Cowboys. Um, and uh, Demarcus Ware was booed at the Super Bowl when he was there because of the large number of Eagles fans. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about who else was booed at the Super Bowl? I saw LeBron James was booed, I guess. Right? LeBron. Yeah. Also, Dak Prescott was booed, for, yeah. and he was receiving the NFL Man of the Year. Uh, award for his charity work and he got booed <laughs> wow that's it's kind of sad yeah that's yeah that's a little low I think. the wrong time to boo somebody yeah he um yeah i think Dak prescott let me see what his uh, uh eagles fans booed Dak prescott for his commitment to philanthropy and community impact uh, that's why that's why they booed him right yeah they booed, remember they booed Santa Claus? Uh, did yes. you know that? Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, that's one of the best stories. What, uh, Booing Santa Claus. That was 1968, apparently. I didn't realize it was that long ago. When they booed Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> it was It was the Philadelphia Eagles Santa Claus incident. Um, it occurred in a game, the 1968 season, between the Eagles, and the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, it was in the final week of the, of the season. The Eagles were 2-11. And, and 
Uh, the game was tied seven to seven at halftime. And the and so they weren't even losing the game. They were tied seven to seven at halftime. The team brought out Santa Claus as part of a halftime Christmas parade. And the Eagles fans, upset by the poor season, pelted him with snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> there was a large snowstorm. I left uh, a lot of snow in the... Uh, yeah, and apparently the guy would always dress, uh, the guy who dressed as Santa uh, uh, for the last season. And uh, it was, or they would always dress up somebody uh, uh, as, as Santa. And um, he was, <laughs> so, so he was on this float that had a, had a, um, sleigh and apparently it was it, it was because it snowed like it was too muddy the field was and his and, and and the sleigh got stuck in the mud so we had to walk uh and then that's when they decided to pelt him uh with <laughs> uh snowballs and and yeah and uh for santa's sack he was carrying like a, an equipment bag full of soggy towels they say uh, and <laughs> realism yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also threw beer bottles hoagies uh the uh the guy who played santa he was only 20 years old when he played santa he said he estimated that he was hit with more than 100 snowballs during <laughs> his appearance ridiculous <laughs> oh philly fans they they but they all but some people are blaming santa himself because the eagles public relations director said that Olivo was the worst santa looking santa i've ever seen bad suit scraggly beard I'm not sure whether he was drunk, but he appeared to be. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so he was uh, booed. So I guess there seemed to be a lot of... Uh, the Chiefs were booed on the way out of the tunnel, I, I heard. Yeah. Booed. So I guess it was a, a large... It seemed like there was a decent number of Philadelphia fans. Yeah, they were pretty loud during the game. But I mean, also a lot of money was on Philadelphia side too. So the people that, if there were a lot of um, people who had made bets on the game, they may not have been very happy with the outcome. <laughs> oh, speaking of bets, you want to get back to our bets? Sure. <laughs> we the bets we were the least. Well, I was the least successful on these bets that were uh, the one hundred dollar bets. So uh, we 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 bet uh, on the passing yard totals of each player um, Mahomes was over under 292 and a half Hertz was on, over under 238 and a half I went over on Mahomes under on Hertz I missed both of them uh, Mahomes didn't even get to 200 yards passing 187 or something and Hertz was over 300 um, three or four yeah. you ended up getting Hertz what mm. uh, so you got the one what what was it that you what was it going in that you thought Hertz would have a, a big passing game I thought it would be that the Chiefs would be ahead so that the Eagles would have to be passing a lot to try to catch up. And then he would end up with a lot of accumulating a lot of passing yards because the Chiefs would be so far ahead. Wasn't the case at all, but the outcome ended up being the same for the for the bet, at least anyway, because yeah. plenty of yards well over the 238. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had almost 238 in the first half or something. It was... Yeah, he was pretty oh. yeah, but it helps when you have the ball for like you know twenty two of the thirty minutes. Yeah, so, that does help. It doesn't hurt. 
So with the next set of bets that we had, we're on the running game. We had um, Pacheco, 46 and a half rushing yards. Miles Sanders at 61 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got this exactly right. You had over on Pacheco, under on Sanders. I had over on both. Yeah, Pacheco ended up with 76. Uh, so he was there almost you know, 29 and a half over. Mm-hmm. Sanders was way under. He only had 17 yards rushing or 16 yards rushing. 16, um, yeah. So 55 and a half or 45 and a half below. Um, I had I I went under partly because I thought that Hertz would have the majority of the rushing yards, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe the way that, that the season had gone on, Sanders was getting less of the ball compared to um, Gainwell, Gainwell and Scott, yeah. and they both both Gainwell and Scott each had about the same number of yardage yards as uh, Sanders. Gainwell had twenty one yards, Scott had eight yards, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanders was in between, but I, uh, yeah, I was thinking, and that's why I thought maybe Hertz would be under in passing because he'd be running the ball more and get a lot of rushing yards. And, but he got a lot of rushing yards. He had 70 something, 70 exactly rushing yards. We'll talk Hertz about that. Bet. Yeah. You have a bet on that uh, later. Yeah. yeah um, so I, I thought, well, if he got a lot of rushing yards, I thought maybe he wouldn't have as many passing yards and that's not what happened. So, yeah. <laughs> but it did happen. It did. It did happen when it, uh, affect Sanders in that in the way that I was um, hoping. So yeah, I, I I feel good about the rushing prop bets. Yeah, apparently, right on the money. And then we had the the one receiving prop uh, that we both did was Travis Kelsey over seventy nine and a half yards. That looked like a sure thing after about one possession, but it, it turned out to be very close. He only had eighty one. Yeah, one and, and a half to spare. Yeah, one and a half to spare. Uh, <laughs> and I went over on that one. And he went over as well. Yeah, uh, Kelsey had a big game, but it's, in the second half, he was pretty quiet. It seemed like that's what's who the Eagles decided to clamp down on. And I guess the Chiefs didn't just didn't get very many yards in general. He got eighty-one out of the one eighty-seven, so there was only. 106 yards to go around to the other guys, and most of that was Juju. It, it was like, only 182 passing yards. So. 182, yeah. So yeah, so there's only 101 yards to go around. <laughs> Just yeah. Even less. Yeah, so I had 53 for Juju, 18 Justin Watson, 15 McKinnon, six for Gray, five for Tony, one for for four for Sky Moore. So yeah, not very many. But those last two were both touchdowns. Which they were. They were hugely important plays. <laughs> yeah, and both of those plays were so wide open and easy touchdowns that was um uh something to behold unfortunately i was going to bet on tony as an anytime touchdown scorer i bet on him in the bengals game when he almost almost caught that pass but then he got hurt on that play and i thought well i don't want to bet on tony because i would either either get hurt or i would jinx him and Neither of those happened. Maybe that's because I didn't bet on Tony. So I will, even though I didn't make money on, on any bets after this, uh, the, this initial uh, group of seven where I was five and two, uh, yeah. I feel like maybe I, I did help the Chiefs win. Uh, but you had a bet on Sky Moore touchdown, right? I had a, well, I had a Sky Moore 
punt return. Oh, punt return. Kick return, which did not oh, happen. So did that not did not happen. happen. No, I was thinking it's got more touchdown you have, but that was a specific type of touchdown. But your but your um five and two run, um in these hundred dollar bets, actually pushed your phase two record up to eleven and nine for the uh the season, uh plus two hundred dollars for your. Hundred dollars at least for the uh, and if I hadn't bet playoff. those uh, prop bets uh, in the AFC Championship, which were um, for hundred dollars, I would have been eleven and seven, which is yes uh, four hundred. So that would that's a good percentage. I would I, I you know if I just had stuck to over unders and spreads, that would have been uh, maybe that's what I need to do uh, going forward when I become a professional gambler is to stick to those. Stick and, those, yeah. But you you did well on some of those fifty dollar uh, bets, though. And on the on the hundred dollar bets, I was only four and three in this game, but I had a, I had a pretty good record in the previous set. I was eight and five. Also missed those two prop bets last week, the two weeks before with the championship game. But yeah, so I finished twelve and eight plus four hundred dollars. One one bet over your your record thus yeah. far. Thus far. You will increase your lead with these uh, minor bets uh, because I I didn't get any of the fifties. I had I had one of them was a Chris Jones sack in Kansas City win parlay. The Chiefs won, but there was no Jones sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet Watson getting a, I mean, uh, getting a touchdown that didn't happen. He had a couple of key receptions, but no touchdown. Uh, I had an alternate alternate spread of Chiefs minus six and a half, which could have maybe come to fruition if uh, McKinnon hadn't slid for uh, time purposes. I also had yes. a field goal as a first first uh, in, a field goal attempt ending the first drive. That didn't happen. Both teams got touchdowns, and then I had a, a money bet on the total points being an even number. Also, did not happen uh, in in part because of. Uh, a missed field goal on the part of Harrison Bucker in the first half, but uh, the doink. Did you see that people? Uh, there was an opportunity for the Chiefs to go for two point conversion, mm-hmm. maybe to, to push the lead to nine. That might have, um, might might have been a factor too that that could have helped it land on the on the other side, right? Yeah, I, I thought maybe they should go for go for it, but then I thought, well, then I guess the Chiefs thought, well, they didn't make it; they'd only be up by. Seven and maybe the Eagles will go for two and, and win. And right, maybe, and I don't know, but yeah, the Chiefs don't tend to. Andy Reid is not a real gambler on things like no. that, uh, so I, yeah, you were much more successful on these fifty dollar bets, though. So we had kind of opposing bets. You had, you had that first drive ends in a field goal attempt. Um. Where I I had a um well the, at least the first touchdown of the game could be either Kelsey or Hertz, um and uh, Hertz did score the first touchdown of the game, and Kelsey scored the second one, so it was Kelsey, it was so could have actually gotten that twice, yeah, but no, <laughs> no, but uh, that was a that was that was a big win for mine, uh, of mine anyway. It was a plus three twenty bet on the fifty dollar outlay. Uh, so that would have netted $110, $160 for the victory, plus the $50 back. No, I think it's plus 160 You get the 50 
back, and that's one suit, right? Well, if it's plus one hundred, you'd bet a hundred, you'd win a hundred, right? So you get your hundred dollars back plus the hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So you, you got, so yeah, it was plus one sixty. So you get your fifty dollars back plus one sixty. Right. So two, so two ten was. The, oh, two ten. Uh, I think you said one ten. Yeah. Oh, I think you said one ten. No, Never mind. No, two okay. ten is like what it would have gotten back. Two ten. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't. Uh... Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I had um, I did have um, number of players with pass attempts. Uh, was two over two and a half. Uh, there was only you know one quarterback for each team. It threw a pass. No one else did. So I lost that one. No. I had I had a Mahomes rushing yards of over nineteen and a half, uh, which he did have. He had finished with forty four yards rushing. And his kneel downs did not take him. He back. did have minus seven yards. Uh, on the last two plays of the uh. The game setting up the field goal attempt for Harrison Butker, uh, and I also had a, a Hertz ru- alternate rushing yards of seventy plus, which he landed exactly at seventy yards, which was a plus two eighty. That so I would have gotten one hundred forty dollar profit on that on that one. Uh, I also had. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling alternate receiving yards of 60 plus, in which he had uh zero for the game, so he, he was targeted once but did not. <laughs> yeah, that really bad. he was, and then and then and then we made a lot of five dollar bets. Each of us made ten five dollar bets. Uh, we did not get any of those, so we probably don't really need to go through those individually. Were there any of them that you you'd like to draw out in particular that were close on? Um, I was. I guess no, the Kelsey a, first and last touchdown. He got yeah. He only got one. So he, he got, got, the, he got the first. He did have the first touchdown for the Chiefs. First for the Chiefs, but I don't know. If, I think it might have been first last touchdown of the game. Of the game itself, yeah. Yeah, uh, that so. I thought, yeah, I. I some of the scores I wasn't that far off on for the Chiefs total, but for the Eagles I was. I thought maybe McKinnon might have a bigger day with like they had the because I thought Mahomes would throw uh, some short touchdown passes like he ended mm. up doing, but both but those short touchdown passes ended up going to wide receivers rather than to running backs. So yeah, uh, the Tony and the uh, Sky Moore one, and they thought maybe Fortson might play and play a role. He barely his name was barely called so um it was yeah quez watkins didn't catch the first pass either so it was i just had a uh not very uh not a very productive five dollar basis but i was going for like big lottery tickets on those yeah mostly compared to you especially but uh none, none of them ended up coming through same for you none of, none of the five dollar bets came through for you any any close calls i was pretty close on the the chiefs um exact point score i had 35 they were 38 it's like that's close mm-hmm. but not close enough to actually pay out but uh that was that was real that was relatively close at least anyway no safeties though you know how there were like i think only a few plays that even took place inside their own 20 i think in the entire game or maybe only a handful so there's no risk of a safety at any point in this game is that yeah no unless you, yeah as it was to me yeah, I w- I kind of wanted us. I guess well, I would have wanted the Chiefs to kind of get close to a save, but there wasn't anything. Yeah, like it it would have had to have been like a 
snap like over somebody's head and then kick yeah. or something. It was more like because there were very few punts and none of those punts were really that really um, pinned back in their in their own yeah. zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well that uh yeah, I guess that wraps up our betting competition. So you ended up uh what well, you ended up netting how much on in on the Super Bowl? I I broke even because I I uh, was five and two, and then I lost my other uh, three hundred dollars worth uh, on. Uh, I squandered them on on, uh, you know, ill-advised uh, prop bets. You ended but, totally flat. Bet a thousand dollars. You won a thousand dollars. That's it's nice, right? That's, you ended with a thousand dollars. Yes, good. It's fine. I guess uh, you, I ended up uh, plus three hundred dollars for the not for bad. The, uh, which means I ended up plus. Six hundred dollars for the season, then, which I'm pretty happy with. And I was minus one hundred. One hundred, yeah, minus one hundred on the season. Yeah. Yeah, so you're one again, Doctor Scaff. You're uh, you you came out on top this this round again. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see what our next uh season of betting holds. This is you know we won't have any more NFL bets for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Any any takeaways from the from the betting competition so far from your, from your own performance, the types of bets that you made that you will or won't make again? What what uh, what's your takeaway from it? Are well, you going to become a professional gambler tomorrow? I I guess I would say if I were to bet my own money, yeah, I think I'm all right at uh, spread and over under. I, yeah. I I ended up. Finishing, if you include the regular season and um, the playoffs and Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I would have been above 500 on bets, just those types of bets. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was particularly, I think, good in the playoffs. Uh, I was three yeah. and one on the uh, spread over under in the championship games, and then two and zero oh in this one. So I was five and one on the out of the last in the last three games on 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 those. So. Again, that may just be a lucky coin flip streak, but I feel like as the season went on, both of us we did a little better. We kind of had more information yeah. about the team. So, like if I were going to be a betting person, I would bet less early in the season and more later, probably. Yeah, and I would probably also stick to like Thanksgiving ish on. Yeah, I would. I would stick. To, I would stick to even odds types of things. Uh, uh, maybe, but you know, this betting five dollars here and there, you know, I didn't end up losing that much on it, so it's a lot of fun. Right. Maybe if I had hit one of them, it would have been big. So I don't yeah. know if I learned. I don't know if I really learned anything. But I, I uh... <laughs> maybe just to maybe just to make sure that if you if you're betting, um, you know, you you wouldn't bet everything on one bet. You would split it up at least a bit with smaller mm-hmm. amounts on the big payoff ones potentially. You're trying to actually yeah. make money off of it, I guess. Yeah, so. if I were actually make money, I also wouldn't um, go in thinking I had to make I had to make this many dollars worth of bets and allocate it in this way, probably. right? Or or make a specific number of picks because that's not really the yeah. way to do it. Yeah, it works, it works okay for the competition between us when it's not real money, but uh, I, I probably wouldn't have bet things this way at least. Yeah, anyway. I'm kind of interested in seeing how I would do if I had to bet every game. Yeah, uh, in terms of over under and um, spread, so put like a hundred dollars on every 
dead on every game. <laughs> is that what you're, is that what you're about yeah, I don't want to try that. I would have to again, do another dry run and kind of look at my yeah. But um, it doesn't seem even if like it, it's, it's it's you know the games are so close and the margins are so slim. There's not a lot of of edge. It's a lot of randomness too, and yeah. it's yeah. I I don't think I could constantly get. 54% or whatever I would need to make a profit. So it doesn't, doesn't sound like Degenerate Gambler is in your future. If I had a lot of money, maybe I would be, but if I could, if it didn't matter if I lost money, I might do something like that, but uh, how about you? Do you think uh, you you had a little, even a little bit more success success than I did, so. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I should try a little more than like actually make a couple bets at some point. All I have to do right now is log on from where I work, and I can make bets because my office is in Kansas. Yeah. So I could be betting this, all this whole time, I but I have not. So maybe next season, I think I probably, I probably will make some bets. Either in Maryland or Pennsylvania, depending on where I am. Uh, both of them have legalized it, so sports betting. So yeah, I, I guess it's possible. But yeah, right now, I don't feel like I have enough uh, money to, uh, to squander uh, if, I, if I lose. I don't consider much of my income as, as a you know liquid, so, yes, or excessive. <laughs> if only, <laughs> if only we were both excessively wealthy, right? Then you'd be making all the bets you felt like it, right? Yes, yeah. Speaking of perhaps excessive income, uh, we're talking about uh, Sean Payton was hired for eighteen million dollars. Ooh, first season for the Broncos. He had a draft pick, right? Yeah, and a first round and second round pick. Yeah, I think they got a they got a third return or something like that. Yeah. Um. Wow. Are there. Uh, does that make him the highest paid coach in the league? Where Where does he fall? And do they do they have those numbers? Uh, I'm looking right now. Um, apparently, Andy. So top ten. If this is uh, for next season, Nick Sirianni is number 11. Ron Rivera, number 10, about $7 million a year. Sean McDermott, Dermot, Andy Reid, or about Mike Tomlin, about $8 million a year. Yeah. Um, Man, so like 18, though, for Patreon? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tom, so, yeah, Harbaugh is nine, they say. Shanahan, nine and a half. Pete Carroll, 11. Belichick, 12 and a half. McVay, Sean McVay, it says 15 to 18 million. And then Sean Payton here, at, I'm looking at this website, it says 17 to 20. Who is? Who's 17 to 20? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe okay. Yeah. I saw 18 so far. So that's a lot of money. Uh, I guess it's I guess it's not as much as you know Patrick Mahomes or the starting quarterbacks, but usually I think. Coaches don't well, make as much those as... guys that are up that high are aren't on there aren't the ones that are the most aren't the players that are the coaches that are most successful right now either are they? Well, I guess you say McVay won last year. Yeah, but what do they do this year? Yeah, yeah, Belichick won a lot, but it hasn't done much in the last couple of years. Yeah, Carroll like kind of turned his team around. Shanahan's doing always pretty well, but yeah, it's it's interesting because like uh, yeah. I, it's, it's in ways it's in a way it's the top coaches that you probably think are the best coaches are making yeah. on average more but like it I think once the, the the numbers don't always line up with um 
the order of you know the top ten coaches. I think yeah, maybe Reed is going to be getting more. Maybe yeah. Did you like his comments after the game about uh, asked if he was going to be back next season, and he said something to the effect of, "If they'll have me," <laughs> like I think he would. <laughs> that seems like an odd. Like, is he worried that the team doesn't like him very much? I don't know. This was a, I, don't think, yeah, I don't think he needs to worry about that. Do, do, you, do you think he needs to worry about that? I don't think so. Do you think <laughs> the Chiefs have, what what are the Chiefs um I think the Chiefs right now are plus five fifty to six hundred, depending on what uh, uh uh what 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 site you're at. Um yeah. Uh but the the odds on favorite for next season. Yeah, Chiefs are five fifty. Forty niners plus six hundred. Bills plus six fifty, Eagles plus eight, Bengals plus nine hundred, and then it's a jump to the Cowboys plus sixteen hundred, Chargers twenty two hundred. Um, are you uh, Do you think that it seems like the Chiefs have a better shot uh, next year than they uh, did at the beginning of this year because it was thought maybe to be a rebuilding type of right. Year. What do you, uh, what do you, do you think five do you think five fifty to one five fifty five and a half to one is a a good uh number for the Chiefs for next year? I think I, I, think I like making those bets when it's your team is the long shot, not necessarily the the favorite. Mm-hmm. Those those are yeah the worst odds of all the teams, really for in terms of like the payout that you would get, right? So it doesn't seem like you're you're betting on. On the long shot. Let me, let me let me do the bottom ten, and then I'll see what you, uh, you can say, tell me what you would think if you were going to bet money. Which team? Which of those teams? Bottom ten team. Would you take a flyer on? Flyer on. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Bottom one is Houston Texans plus Houston is last. Yeah. It's uh, twelve thousand five hundred on a hundred dollar bet. The Bears and Cardinals are tied for plus ten thousand. And then you go up to the. Falcons and Colts plus eight thousand. That's the bottom five. Then you have three: the Commanders, Panthers, Titans plus seven thousand, Seahawks plus fifty five hundred, Steelers plus five thousand, along with a bunch of other teams: Saints, Patriots, Buccaneers, Vikings. You, yeah, of those, maybe Seahawks would be the most, maybe the more interesting of the teams. But I don't know. I don't know why though. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't bet on any of those teams. I guess right now, but those bottom bottom teams, maybe the Bears because they have a better quarterback. Like, could you may think Justin Hurts could make a similar leap? Yeah. To Jalen, uh, I mean, Justin Fields could make a similar leap to Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Um, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be for any of those teams either, right? Uh, do you have any inkling about uh, where the quarterbacks like we? So we have some. So Brady is out. It seems like uh, of the free agent quarterbacks, we have Garoppolo. He already. I still think it's weird that he said he's not going to start his announcing job for a full season. To me, that mm-hmm. makes it sound like he's keeping the option open to go quarterback somebody else. You think so? I think I, it seems it. If he decided he wanted to come back and play another season. And he, he had to get out of a contract yeah. for TV deal. It's harder to do that than it is to just you, push you, it back a year. We did talk about last week, puts plus 900 if you don't think he's going to retire. So you would 
put money yeah. on plus 900 or would you put money on like plus 3300 for a specific for the 49ers or for the uh jets or the raiders oh as to which team it lands on yeah i think i still think that yeah i think the most likely place that he would go would be like san francisco would be my my guess it seems to be the, the best place the best job if it's open for one year yeah to do yeah, for sure. They have the best roster. Yeah, um, good wide and receivers, they're, and yeah. they're in the and they're in the NFC, right. which is much uh, in terms of quarterback strength at least uh, weaker. And we have two jobs that are still open: the Indianapolis job, which I believe is going to Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the. Eagles and apparently the front runner for the coaching job in Arizona was uh, the Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon mm. was the number one uh, target. Do you think the Super Bowl might change that? It could. It, it could. But you know, yeah, who knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the, the Eagles' defense didn't look all that impressive, and if that's what they if they want a defensive minded coach, which isn't necessarily the way that most of the league seems to be going with coaching hires. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it does have an effect. Would you would you switch it to Eric Bieniemy then, as if you were a, a, a Cardinal? It seems it like his... Bieniemy makes sense. It gets a, that tricky, um, you know trying to evaluate the enemy as an offensive coordinator since Andy Reid does the play calling. It's, it seems to be really apparently difficult for teams to decide how much of the, of the chief success is related to the enemy and how much of his Mahomes and Reed. So it's, yeah, it makes it really tough to try to tease that out. So, but I think I mean it seems like he's deserving of a of a shot somewhere. So it'd be yeah, it seems nice like to see him get a head coaching job rather than having to make a lateral move to yeah. a place where you actually get to you know call be the play caller. So I don't yeah. Reed was talking a little bit about it, uh, but I think it seems like the Commanders and Ravens both have openings in the, mm. under defense under kind of defensive minded coaches that they would. If the enemy became the offensive coordinator, he'd be the, head, the chief play caller. Um, but I would say I, I think that Arizona uh, job might be one that they should take a look at him for. And apparently, he was an outside shot still at, at the Indianapolis job. Hmm. But I think I think Steichen is the, supposedly the person he's going to go to. Um, yeah, it seems like he is one someone who ha- who has been passed over a lot in. Uh, I should, we saw that. I should, I showed you that that uh, office space yes. video where, where he was. What would you say you do here? <laughs> why can't Mahomes just? Why can't uh, Reed just pass the play directly to Mahomes? <laughs> I do Reed. So Mahomes doesn't have. Mahomes doesn't have. have I have people skills. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> great. It's a great scene. Great movie, yeah. I was going to ask you this question about about Mahomes, Mike. He did win the um, MVP award shortly before the Super Bowl was announced. Uh, ended up winning the Super Bowl MVP. Now it's two Super Bowl titles 
five straight AFC championship games. Where does Mahomes stand in his legacy now uh, as a quarterback amongst uh, all all the great quarterbacks whose careers are are completed at this point? Yeah, I've I've been listening to people talk about this on on uh, talk radio and and uh, on different news outlets and things like that. It seems like I would say Mahomes is better than any of those quarterbacks in terms of talent and uh, you know I you know even if you have Montana or Tom Brady it seems like Montana Joe Montana Tom Brady are the ones that would be ranked ahead. Uh, for some reason, Terry Bradshaw doesn't get that love. Uh, you know, he's won four Super Bowls as well. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, a lot of quarterbacks have won more with one, two titles now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have John Elway, you have uh, Peyton Manning. But a lot of those guys, like Elway didn't win his until he was old and kind of was carried uh, by Terrell Davis in a strong running game and right. defense. Um, Manning was really the weak link on his Super Bowl winning team with the Broncos for he was replaced by Brock Osweiler for much of the season. And yeah. um so I you know you know you have Bart Starr or people like that, you know, that, that have won a lot of championships. Um I think yeah I, I guess the I guess I would agree with the kind of the conventional idea that you would maybe slot Mahomes behind Montana and Brady in terms of overall kind of resume. Yeah, how would you would you would you do that? Where, well, yeah, where, it's it's, kind of, it's a little bit unfair because Mahomes is only twenty seven. It still has a lot of years potentially left in his. Like if he retired now or was is like you know hit by you know like hit by a bus and couldn't play anymore or something, just stopped playing for whatever reason yeah. that he doesn't want to play anymore. Even if that's the case, right? I think if he doesn't that's want to play anymore, a career, that, that that would that would ding him if he just didn't want to play. If he just walked away. Yeah, I think if there were a, I don't want to, I don't want to wish wish a crippling injury or anything like that. But like, if there was some sort of physical reason, like Gail Sayers or somebody, you know, did when he walked away, that like, you know, Andrew Luck walked away, but he he just kind of left. You know, he he was. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's I think people would downgrade him for that, uh, even through it. But yeah, I think Mahomes is a Hall of Fame quarterback already, in terms of um, his stats and his. Uh, hard hardware that he's accumulated. He's now what one of only ten players who won multiple MVPs. Yeah, I believe I believe that was the list. Ten, I think, is or the yeah, worst. Maybe maybe he's the eleventh somewhere. It's something like that, though. It's like there aren't there just aren't that many players who won more than one MVP award. Yeah, it says ten. So um, Mahomes is one of ten. Uh, Peyton Manning has won the most, five. Aaron Rodgers, four. Yeah, four. Because he did two two and two, right? Yeah. Um, and where did I find that? Uh, and Brady, Jim Brown, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas have all won three. So he's tied to the field with people at two. Um, so he's three behind MVPs behind Peyton Manning. Yeah. I guess five Super but Bowl. equal equal the Super Bowl wins mm-hmm. already. Yeah, there have only been three quarterbacks who have won. 
like so so in terms of Super Bowl MVPs, he's won two Super Bowl MVPs, which I don't really find that impressive because it's just one game. Yeah. That can be voted for anybody. But some people find that impressive too. Um Brady won five Super Bowl MVPs, Montana won three, and Mahomes is tied with Terry Bradshaw, Eli Manning, and Bart Starr for two. Um, but I think he's only one of three quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs or even multiple Super Bowls and multiple um, MVPs, MV, like regular season MVP awards. Only um, Montana and Manning and um, Brady. And it broke that streak of players who won an MVP who had appeared in a Super Bowl. I think it was the last nine had lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, Kurt Warner in 99, I think, was the yeah. only. And, and actually, it was uh, Kurt Warner almost did it again, when, but he lost to Tom Brady in, in, in Brady's first Super Bowl win. And, and it's kind of surprisingly, when Brady's won several MVP awards, but he did not ever win when he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, both times he was defeated by Eli Manning uh, in the Super Bowl. Right. Two of the times, anyway. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, He's he's a, he's a very you know very lucky. The Chiefs are very lucky to have him, and I feel pretty lucky uh, to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, let me ask you this question: Do you know who the last non-quarterback was to win the NFL Most Valuable Player? Ooh. Um. Well. Ooh, I mean, it's probably a running back, I would guess, because I don't mm-hmm. defensive players haven't won in forever, as far as I know. So, but I don't know who it would be. Uh, it, it, uh, or something. Uh, he, I'll give me one. I think you want to hit. Sure. He recently retired. It was in 2012 when he won. And he's a running back hmm. in the in the NFC. Oh, um, Adrian Peterson it was Adrian Peterson. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, 2005, 2006, we had back to back running back Sean Alexander, Ladanian Tomlinson each uh, one. Uh, Peyton Manning actually shit was co MVP one of his seasons, so I don't think he should have five. He should probably have four and a half. Four and a uh, half, yeah. <laughs> he it with Steve McNair, uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Brett Favre, one of his three MVPs, was also shared with Barry Sanders. Um, do you know? Uh, there have been three non-quarterback, non-running backs to win the NFL MVP. The last one was in. 1986. Any guesses? I'm going to guess that would have been Jerry Rice win? No, no no wide receiver has won. Is that right? Okay. Two defensive players defensive and one player? place kicker. Place kicker? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like when, uh, when like, uh, closers could win MVP somehow. Uh, in, in, yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball is that same era, like early 80s. Wow. Mark Mosley won MVP in 1982. He was the place kicker for the Washington Redskins. Uh, 
the Joe Theismann one the next year. Uh, Mosley that year uh, had a record, I think, for um, he made a league leading 20 of 21 field goals. And uh, it was the strike shortened year. So maybe okay. that was, the, but he only missed one field goal all year. Wow. Still, that seems crazy that they would, that, that enough um, people would vote for the kicker, for a kicker. I guess it's technically also George Blanda won uh, MVP in 1970, but he was kicker and quarterback. Yeah. And it says Lou Groza also won before they actually had the MVP. It was like the sporting news player of the year. And he was offensive tackle. And, really? Uh, yeah, that is, that's surprising. But yeah. Um, what do you think is more likely? Oh, 1986, actually, it was Lawrence Taylor who won the MVP. Uh, okay. Defensive. What, what do you think is more likely now? Um a kicker or a defensive player to win an MVP? Defensive player. No. A kicker's never gonna win it. Okay. I think I think people are like You think you think a defensive player can win again? I don't I don't I would think that neither could win, really, but it's still like near zero. <laughs> I think a kicker, I don't know if either's gonna win, but I think a kicker is has less chance because I think everybody realizes that kick kickers are fairly fungible yeah. and like people aren't as overwhelmed like you would have they would have to kick like multiple 60 yard kicks you know and somehow win the i, I don't know it would it would be remarkable if a kicker... if, if a team went 17 and 0 and they won all of the games like three to zero on yeah. 60 yard field goals would yeah, that be the maybe. scenario yeah maybe then yeah i think some yeah uh, <laughs> Patrick, well, yeah, they, or they the, still they, give it to a defensive player for that same team. <laughs> Probably they'd give it to a defensive player. So they have, um, yeah, they have the voting for MVP for the uh, uh, NFL. And I think. So Mahomes got 48 out of 50 first place votes. Yeah. And Hertz got one. Hertz got one. And Josh Allen got one. Josh Allen got one, yeah. Nick Bosa actually finished sixth in the MVP. And he got one third place vote, three fourth place votes, 11 fifth place votes. Micah Parsons finished in seventh place. He got two fifth place votes. Um, those are the only two. Did you, see, did you see a non-player got a vote? Oh, yeah. Denny Kellington, like one of the trainers for the Bengals or the Bills that saved more him. I, I think that vote, I think that vote technically should be thrown out because <laughs> it's for most valuable player. And if you're not a player, <laughs> you're not a player even if it's like a nice sentiment or whatever, it's still yeah. not a player. So like, I'd say like, you can't just vote you know jesus or something because he's you well, know you think it'll happen where like everyone will go like oh that's a nice story and then the guy that actually placed the vote will lose his ability to vote in future i, I would i would uh future um, mvp raises yeah <laughs> i'm gonna see who voted for denny kellington yeah is it all public or is it not It was a woman, apparently. 
No, no, it wasn't. Never. It was yes, it was. It was Susie Colbert from ESPN. Oh. Who voted it? Uh, according to Rob Motti, uh, he described the, the gesture as beautiful. Noted the vote did not affect the top five finishers. But I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think that should be allowed. I, I think I would have rejected that ballot and said you have to vote for a player. And it's not as cute. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a feel good story that way. But I think if you're going to be voting for those awards, you should actually be voting for real players. Because like I think they used to not um, tally up the votes in that way. They only would vote, you know, for one. But like, it's, mm. I don't. know. It's like, yeah, I, I just don't. Why not vote for Demar Hamlin then? If, if, you know, if it's if that's right. uh, if that's what you want, like, you know, that you know, I would I would disagree with that. But you could say, well, at least he's a player and he did these things. So, yeah, okay, that's a you know, it's still a player. It's not what I would pick who I would pick, but it's, it's at least a player and it says in the name, most valuable player. And yes, <laughs> you can't be a player. You can't be a non-player. If it was an MVT award, most valuable trainer. Apparently it says in the AP's official voting, nowhere in the AP's official voting guidelines. Does it say that only active NFL players may receive votes? But I would argue that um, it doesn't need to say it. It would be uh, if a court of law interpreted it, uh, they would. Yes, uh, they would throw. I was going to say this, this, sounds, this sounds like an attorney argument, really, more than anything else. Yeah, just because it doesn't say it outright doesn't mean that because uh, a lot of laws and bylines uh, bylaws are written poorly, but you're supposed to interpret them in a way that makes sense according to what you think the in, the intent of the, intent. the yeah. uh, legislators uh, have, and I think the intent is that we're going to vote for the most valuable current NFL player and if you vote for a basketball player from 50 years ago that's not going to be that's not going to count or if you know it's 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 one yeah. of those things I'm, I'm so is it now your goal to to get to have a vote and then write in all like fictional players like well there's a player but not in the active NFL <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> no I wouldn't do that but uh it's a way to I guess it's the AP, so maybe they can. It's not the NFL. It's not the actual NFL that's doing the award, so maybe. Right. I, if I would, maybe the NFL would, but like the AP probably maybe wouldn't. I don't know, but still, I don't think that's what the AP meant either. The Associated no. Press. So I would. Uh, behind the scenes, I would I would have given uh, at least a stern warning to. Uh, or to just not not accept the ballot and ask them to. Ask them to resubmit with five. Say it's say it's say it's say it's not um, with valid with valid. It, it, it does not conform to the standards that uh, we want. It's yeah. Like if they just it isn't it isn't like you just have to like you. It's not just like um you know a web page where they just like you know click a box of all the available players. Like you'd have to just like cycle through. You could only pick from players that are on the you know in the database. Mm -hmm. It seems like well, that's like, how you would do most most of those yeah. like voting well it's things. like leaving five blank really and you're supposed to vote for your top five you're not you only voted for four yeah and like and that could i think that the idea was that it didn't affect the standings of anyone but like you right. can't just have that because you don't know if it's going to affect the standings when it comes in so it's it i think you need i think you need to uh make that did, did any of the did any of the votes come down to one point did any of the uh were any of the uh no so mahomes had 400 
falling within within one point? Well, the uh, so Nick Bosa was sixth with twenty points, and then Trevor Lawrence had three, Parsons had two. Then there's a bunch of one point recipients. So, so I mean, it, it could have had an effect then, right? So it could have, it could have reordered um, somewhere in the top ten. Like, it's like somebody's contract may have had a stipulation about you know mm-hmm. receiving a certain number of votes uh, in in the uh, MVP balloting. Yeah, I think uh, Tyreek Hill maybe. If I had to, if if you had to vote one through five, what would what would your vote have been? Um, just Mahomes number one, and then I just would have left. Uh, for blank just to annoy you <laughs> <laughs> does that does that sound right yeah it's supposed to be a regular season award too it doesn't matter about playoffs yeah. and things like that so it's that would be hard I would have put Mahomes at one I don't know if I would have put Hertz at two yeah I think I probably would have put if I had to put a quarterback if I was gonna put a quarterback it would have been Joe Burrow I don't think I you might not want to put him too if you are a Chiefs fan because that might, if Burrow ends up being close, mm-hmm. like giving, giving him. I wasn't. Gonna, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't try to like rig it to. Um, <laughs> I would, if I were an AP voter, I would try to be honestly ranked the players. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd put Burrow two. I would probably put um, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson in some order, three and four. Yeah. I actually might put Hill above Jefferson, even though Jefferson got a lot more. I think Hill's performance in the year was. Mo- was more valuable and dynamic because he didn't have a quarterback mm-hmm. all the time, and and just what he pre- like he he kind of got the Dolphins into the playoffs with because they had a capable offense with him there, and I probably just maybe I would have voted a defensive player, but I don't know if Nick Bosa, I, probably Chris Jones, I might have picked uh, just as a yeah. defensive player if I had to pick a fifth one if it was defensive and not another quarterback maybe i would have voted for somebody like i don't know josh allen or somebody but um because like the bills would be nobody without him even though his season wasn't as good right uh, uh something like that i don't know maybe i would have able to put hurts five uh yeah but that, i think that's what i would have done something like that makes sense <laughs> yeah are we are we is, 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 is this wrap up our football coverage Super Bowl coverage in our in our in our, in our season, uh, our second full season of the Warning Trek Power Hour. We will start season three. We don't know exactly when, but it'll be soon. And we'll talk about uh, baseball and maybe uh, some basketball uh, as spring uh, starts to heat up. Uh, that, pitch, uh, pitchers and catchers, uh, I believe, uh, reported uh, for spring training uh, today. Ooh, so maybe we'll be back sooner rather than rather than later. We could be so, back as soon as next week. Where, where is that? Soon as next week. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. If there's any hot stove news or uh crazy uh, craziness, we'll uh yeah, it's a little baseball classic um this season too, this year. Oh yeah. Really and there's some Royals cool. playing. Mm-hmm. The yeah, a handful of Royals are participating. Maybe we can talk a little about the World Baseball Classic. Sure. And that'll push that'll push the regular season back a little bit, right? Because it's usually during spring training. I think they, I think spring training starting a bit earlier. Like the training camp opens a week early, I think, because of the WBC. So it is yes, it lasts from March seventh through the twenty first. Little baseball classic. But I think the regular season still starts right around the first of April, right? Hmm. 
I think opening day for the Royals is what? April. March 30th. March 30th, yeah. I see. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not pushing it back like at all. Off the top of your head, who won the last World Baseball Classic? 2017 was the last year they had it because they haven't had it because of the oh, pandemic. Was it um was it Japan or South Korea? The United States. US actually won? I don't remember that. US won. US uh, won 2017, Dominican Republic 2013. Japan in both 2009 and 2006. Okay. Well, I saw that um, uh, Brady Singer and who another player, uh, somebody else is going to, was representing the U.S. this year from the Royals. But uh, we can talk about that, you know, next time, right? We, yeah, we can talk about that. I know Salvador Perez is always in it. He's yeah, as well. I think Bobby Witt. Is playing. Oh, wait, maybe that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there are 20 teams in this year's World Baseball Classic. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, you might be, uh, interestingly, uh, the Czech Republic are making their debut. Yes. Uh, the Great, Great Britain, their first one as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nicaragua are the debut, are the debutants. Debutants, yes. <laughs> and do you think we'll see Chesler Cuthbert on the Nicaragua roster? From was it Corn Island? Corn it... Island, yes. Nicaragua. Probably. Why wouldn't? Why not? Why wouldn't he be? I don't is know. It, yeah, I mean, he's he's still, if he's still like um, playing baseball, I would assume he'd be there. There can't be that many players from Nicaragua. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, He's got an. I see if you if you look up Chesel Cuthbert on Google, the first yeah. picture of him is in a Nicaragua jersey. So okay, yeah, probably. He plays in the Mexican league, so he's still playing. Okay, and he's only thirty years old, so I bet he is on the um, on the team. Okay, well, yep. on that note, we'll we'll we'll, we'll preview our uh, baseball coverage. Again, we are called the Warning Truck Power Hour, so we used to be at least. Uh, as much about baseball as anything now we've, we've, we've kind of gone over to football but uh still we have uh all sorts of sports we can talk about here on the morning track power hour and uh wishing you wishing you a fond farewell to this nfl season congratulations to the kansas state chiefs also the philadelphia eagles and to anyone who uh made money in their betting like such as dr scaff uh, and fake money will... but whatever <laughs> make fake money yeah well you're a on your way. First, it's fake money, then it's real money. Yeah. And uh, until next ye- next season, which hopefully won't be too far away, uh, we, uh, as always, I am Dr. Michael Warman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power. Please like and or subscribe to our many varieties of delivery options. Be they, as I said last time, AV or just. Day. And uh, until then, good day.